0: When you bet fair on football, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal. So whether it's a lower league match day, a top-flight derby day, or a Champions League superstar showdown day, this week we're doubling our daily rewards. Get a €10 free bet when you bet €20 worth of multiples or bet builders. Double daily rewards because we're Betfair.
1: Max €10 free bet per day. Each bet must have at least one selection of minimum odds of 1.5 or 1 to 2 or more. Free bet valid 24 hours on multiples or bet builders. T's and C's apply. 18 plus. Visit gamblingcare.ie.
0: This is a crowd podcast.
2: Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to 21st Century Football. It's season two. By Jove, they've done it. The Euros is on the horizon and we are going to be waxing lyrical about every single Euros, as much as we can get. And today we are starting with Euro 2000. My name is Will Brazier. I'm joined by Statman Dave. Dave, you were how old at the time?
0: Uh, Ten years old. Wow. A, a, a young lad making my way in the game. Did
2: you, what Were Excel <laughs> spreadsheets about them? What oh, were you doing for yourself? I
0: think Football Manager, the first one I played with CM0001.
2: Right, nice. And
0: honestly, I think that was the best one I've ever played. Yeah. I played in central midfield with um, Edgar you Davids <laughs> and Zinedine Zidane.
2: Were you called Statman Dave I was then, called
0: or? David O'Brien and wow. I was one of the best central midfielders in world football.
2: L- little, that's your real name, isn't it?
0: That is, yeah. Uh, the we official just wrote name.
2: Kayfabe. Ad Brown. How are
1: you? I'm
0: all right, mate. Yeah, I was slightly
1: older. I was like 13, so I was probably also on Champman. Uh, mm. Probably not quite as good a player as Dave was. But, so, is this you
2: know. the second Euros that you remember?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, I remember '96. I was kind of got caught up in the in the wave of that, but then 2000 was the first one that I could properly get my teeth into and be like, right, okay, I I understand everything now. Like, you know, I understand how it all works. In 96, I just lost my head and was just cheering, just randomly because everyone else was. But yeah, this one was like the first one where I took it quite seriously.
2: Um, We are, of course, going back to our old friend Wikipedia, which uh, Mm -hmm. is the font of knowledge. Um, and Ad
1: I believe you're kicking us off with just some facts to set the scene Interestingly the thing about Euro 2000 was it was the first time a Euros was co-hosted and held in more than one nation so if you think back it was Belgium and the Netherlands um, and then the 16 qualifying teams uh, Belgium, obviously, Netherlands, you automatically qualify when you host it. Czech Republic, Norway, Sweden, Spain, Italy, Germany, France, Romania, Yugoslavia,
0: Portugal, Denmark, England, Slovenia and Turkey
2: as Love well. Love that. Dave, where are you taking us?
0: A high-scoring tournament with a number of excellent matches, high-scoring games, which I imagine we'll talk about later on. <laughs> Very high standard of football as well. Euro 2000 is named by many football writers as one of the greatest international tournaments ever. I think we've got a question
1: there. Yeah, don't people like Brazil to, the, World Cup? Yeah, yeah but the yeah. people like to sort of. It's almost like a bit of the hipster's choice sometimes when they look back at it and go, "Yeah, yeah you're right. a thousand two thousand was the tournament.
0: Ruben yeah. Diaz, player of the year. Yeah, all
1: right, <laughs> yeah, 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 Guys, yeah, we're them, just they, gonna write this. Those, yeah. those kind, yeah. those, kind, yeah. those kind of. Kind of um, one. doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, those kind of sort of uh, the, the hipster hipster fans like that. They do seem to have a little sort of a. Ponchant for a Euro 2000 when it comes to looking at the kind of play that was, was played. I mean, there's some great moments, which we'll get into.
2: Of course. Well, uh, speaking of great moments, they had a great mascot as well. Um, I've got the official mascot of the tournament was Bene Lucky, and that's a pun. Daddy. Bene Lucky. It's, it's nice, uh, Belgian, more Flemish.
0: F- Flemish, more, more guttural.
2: Good God. um <laughs> that's a pun apparently on Ben Lux (laughs) Um, a a lion devil hybrid with its mane having the flag colours of both host nations the lion is the national football emblem of the Netherlands and the devil is the emblem of Belgium the red devils Um, facts that you can
1: it's not the best mascot no no I prefer I remember the the France 98 one was good but I don't know do you remember
2: all the um, yeah we can't really speak too much but Obviously, I thought all the branding around France '98 was yeah. amazing. Yeah, it, yeah, really, really <laughs> set the stall out. I mean, yeah, I'm just, I'm even
0: as a, a seven-year-old, I a seven-year-old Will Brazier, that branding is spot-on. Suffi- I mean, daddy. I, I
1: mean, some of the football played in this tournament was brilliant, but the branding, mm, come on.
2: Yeah, if you ever say "daddy" on this? Podcast <laughs>
0: again, <laughs> the video, yeah,
2: that's what you're yeah.
1: just doing. An impression of you, bro. Yeah, can like? we can we just bleep that out just in case it's sounding a
2: little bit bad? No, oh, no, no, no. We're going to be going through <laughs> uh, the whole tournament, of course. But we've obviously got our England hat on. Um, and we're going to start with the squad because we have to cast our mind back 21 years to have a look at this squad. And there's some fantastic names. Uh, Dave, any? what's the big one standing out for you? I'll start. Thanks. Great question. Uh, <laughs> Nigel Martin for me. I just really, I think I wanted to be a keeper at that age and thought I had a real good chance. And I had the, the goalkeeper jersey, yep. a nice sort of, would you say like a mustard yellow? Uh, yeah. Yourself, yellow. yeah, I'll give you that Mustard yellow. I uh, think
1: the thing with this squad is um, Go on Will, is that I think that uh, Keegan at the time who obviously was the England manager of Fianna, well, doesn't doesn't know he was managing England yeah. at the time um, he had that kind of uh, he was in a, a difficult situation we had a lot of good young players that came through that ultimately we saw in the Euros following that Yeah, and it was kind of that is he going to take them or is he not and he, he, he kind of went with the old guard really you know, the players that had been in the previous Euros, it started kind of a bit of a hangover from some of those players. And it was it was really about what's he gonna do? Is he gonna kind of go with the youth? There's quite a lot of names that he could have thrown in there, which maybe weren't quite ready. I know Rio Ferdinand didn't make it. Kieran Dyer was one of the players that was potentially going to quite make it into the squad. But ultimately he went with the older players, more experienced. But I don't know if it well, clearly it didn't work. But I just think that at the time there was a lot of pressure on him to to go with the younger players. I mean, there's some of the players that got in there, Dennis Wise. Yeah, Martin I mean, Keown.
0: I mean, one of the main things that Collins, in two thousand—is yeah. he at the peak? One player definitely at his peak. I think probably the best player in the world at that point, David Beckham. Yeah, put my hat out and say yeah. that. So that, that you know, there's, it's a it's a good squad. It's got quality there. A lot of centre forwards as well. Andy Cole missed out. Yeah, no, he was injured with an injury. He was injured because I but, know what
2: you're trying to do. No, there. I'm, not, no I'm, I'm just, just no, saying. I'm just
0: I'm just, <laughs> just I'm gonna cut you off. More quality there. There's a lot of forwards in there. Obviously showed Keegan's attacking style. Yeah. But was there balance?
2: Um, the, the the balance seemed was lacking uh, no left backs I think which you pointed out well we did have one left back which is Phil Neville which yeah. we will come on to later
1: and I think at the time Gareth Barry the idea was that he could fill in at left back if needs be an
2: auxiliary left
0: back still seems to be that thing I've got play, players that fill in yeah I know Yeah, I know. And, and you like literally say, have a full country of people to pick
2: who would have been the best left back at, in the year 2000 Graham Lissot Graham Lissot
1: might have been there it might have been slightly too early for Ashley Cole possibly
0: yeah, definitely too early for yeah. Ashley Cole
1: was it? Uh, probably It would have been Graham Lassau, I would have thought. I think he was 98, so yeah. But I mean, you look at the, the, the defenders there, Phil Neville, Gary Neville, Sol Campbell, Adams, Keown, Southgate. Oh, I actually forgot. Yeah. Went to Euro 2000. Uh, and then Gareth Barry, I think was the youngest member of the squad. Um, obviously, we touched on the keepers, Seaman Martin, Richard Wright. Midfielders there, you've got that, you know, United contingent with Beckham and Scholes. Nicky
2: Barmby was an absolute don on uh, Pro Evolution. Where's Nicky was, Butt in there as
1: well? Yeah, Nicky Butt was yeah. in, in an interesting omission there. But then again, was he, you could argue, he probably wasn't a, a regular for United. He wasn't starting for United. He was still a big part of the United squad at the time. But then you've got Gerard, who was definitely in that core of those young players that were coming through with the real Ferdinand and Kieran Dyer and Lampard and those kind of players. Uh, and Steve McManaman, of course, was, you know, Pulling up the
0: proverbial trees at Real Madrid at the time, you couldn't you couldn't ignore Stevie Mac,
1: could you?
2: Very, very, very underrated Stevie Mac. Well, definitely.
0: This is the year before he starred in the man of the match performance in the Champions League final for Real Madrid, so definitely a high quality footballer. Uh, but I think again, like you're looking at the the classic England four four two. There's a lot of players in there that work, but I just think maybe they were lacking something. Someone solid in midfield, Mate, You know, let's say Michael carrott was a few years older. Mm.
2: Other names that were missing out, I think it was due to injury, Ray Parler, Jamie Redknapp, yep. but Jamie Redknapp always seemed to miss out on injury.
1: Dave, like you said, it seemed to just lack something, that squad. I don't know what it was, a little bit of...
2: But then you've got prime Michael Owen here when he still had his hamstrings and his knees. Alan Shearer, obviously... Kevin Phillips was an
0: absolute bagsman at that point in his life. Yeah. Then Robbie Fowler. And then Fowler. you've got
2: the... You've got, I think you've got a good start in eleven. I mean, the keepers is probably the best pool of talent, and that says... <laughs> I think what it lacks is... I, don't know sometimes... I with you
0: and these goalkeepers. Oh, they just, weren't that good.
2: I just... What, David uh, David Seaman?
0: We'll continue through David Seaman and his...
2: Nigel Martin. I mean, the Nigel Martin's so unlucky to become up in an era where David Seaman was alive. (laughs) Um, Anyway, should we get on to the group stages? Because the squad was announced and England were put into Group A. They had Portugal, Romania and Germany with them. Now, you'd probably think that the the league table writes itself in that, but (laughs) this is football, guys. Surprises happen. um, And no more surprising that we played Portugal and after 18 minutes... We were 2-0 up against one of the favourites. Paul Scholes with a header. McManaman back post for 18 minutes. I was reading an article earlier. It said, you know, after 18 minutes, we've got a chance of winning the tournament.
1: Oh, it felt, honestly, it was the euphoria. I remember just thinking... We're Where going. were you watching the game? I was at home. Yeah. Mum and dad, my brother. We were just, what I remember at the time thinking, we're, we're, we're going to win this. Yeah. like Honestly, the, the, the I thought Keegan attacking football... I thought, this is unbelievable. I, I'd never, like, in the tournaments that I'd watched previously, there'd always been that element of, like, jeopardy when you watch watching. You think, oh, someone's going to go wrong. And you, f- you think about the heartbreak. And pen- I just thought, we're playing free-flowing football here. This is unbelievable. Actually, to, to play the Kevin Keegan style at the time, which yeah. we, we'd become accustomed to in the Premier League, I was like, I can't believe it. We've managed to actually translate that kind of football into the international scene. And I was like, this is 18 minutes in. We've got to be one of the favourites. And then... Solely started going a little bit wrong, didn't it?
2: You score three, we'll score two. Unfortunately, we will lose. Um, Figo, is this a prime Lewis Figo? Is this pre-pig head?
0: Yeah, I think it's a very, very good Lewis Figo. But I think Rui Costa was probably the star oh, of the show. He oh, been incredible, uh, and I think that's something that when you look at the England side and set up one position that potentially would call them troub- cause them trouble in a sense is a number ten playing between the lines, and obviously that's we're talking years before the holding midfield or the Makaleli role. So definitely a problem for England um, dealing with players like Rui Costa, a fantastic footballer who had a very, very good tournament. But yeah, Figo, there's a lot of talent in there in that Portugal team. But I do feel with England, look, you're 2-0 up. This is why England don't win international tournaments. Like, where's your game management? Where is your... You know, ability to, to sit a bit deeper and play on the counter. It's like, like there's there's so many examples of England teams that don't have it quite right. Yeah. And being 2 0 up in a game, you know, in a group where you've got Germany, you've got Romania. Yeah. I don't underestimate underestimate Romania. And I think that advantage and the quality that England had, they should have done more.
1: I mean, the thing is, you mentioned um, like Rui Costa, a lot of people have described this as being almost the tournament of the number 10, where we start seeing that kind of transition. Of, of, of play where you're getting those players in, those, in the pocket.
2: What, rather than a flat 4-4. Yeah,
1: you just, I mean, obviously it took England quite a, a lot longer to catch on. I'm just coming on to it. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah, we're not quite there yet, I don't think, but, you know, um, you're starting seeing you know, the Zidans, Rui Costa, oh. those kind of players that can that can make something happen. And, and for, you know, English players probably weren't really used to it because obviously week in, week out playing the Premier League, you're not really getting players
0: that have that ability but I think you did it. have a few. Eric Cantona, Zola, yeah, to, not to, English, to name a few, not. But not, not, yeah, not English players yeah. in a sense. And I think that might be where you look at it and, and the management as well. You know, two centre forwards throughout the entire game. Yeah, it works. But then I think defensively you need to be good. Yeah, well, I think you look at the England midfield that played a lot of the tournament, it was quite an attacking midfield mm-hmm. with what, Scholes, with Manum and Beckham and then one player that you'd say like an int or a, a wise. And I feel like that potentially was was the, the downfall to this England side. It's it, the, Again, going back to it, the balance I don't think was quite right. Yeah. Um and they, you know, they got opened up, they really did get opened up in certain games. I mean Dennis Wise came on a couple
1: in a couple of games and he was out on the left. Mm. Which Well, four years later he was managing Millwall. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> <I> know, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was a bit it was I like you say, the balance was a little bit off. Um but then obviously after the Portugal game
2: Well, I just wanted to mention in the Portugal game, the Lewis Figo absolute thunder yeah. bastard, oh, which good I mean goal. David Seaman probably one of the greatest goalies of all time. Um not look at me like that I mean I'm pro- I
1: imagine Well, you were watching going
2: Phew. I was trying to grow a ponytail and a moustache at the age Jesus of nine.
1: <laughs> I, I thought you were thinking yeah. the, the should best goalkeeper of all time Nigel yeah. Martin
2: Martin should be have a me. word with yourself is that a real moustache yeah um, <laughs> but yeah absolute thunder bastard from him and then I forgot uh, maybe it says about my brain power but we beat Germany at a major tournament yeah.
1: and that's just
2: that's just gone under the carpet
1: Alan Shearer yeah, I mean, the, the problem with that was that I, I remember watching the game and thinking, oh my God, we just beat Germany. But then we quickly found out that Germany were absolutely awful in <laughs> that tournament. In the, in the German so squad, there's
2: quite... a 39-year-old Lothar Matthäus. Yeah,
0: what a player. Mehmet Scholl as well was an absolute oh, baller yeah. in the day. But, the, but
1: they but they were going through a very similar thing. to They were actually probably a couple of years ahead of what England were going they, through. They
0: redesigned their entire yeah. FA after this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they redesigned, oh, yeah, redesigned yeah. everything. They, yeah. they redesigned their coaching strategy, Player, player recruitment, player development. That's why Germany are number one right now. This is one of the tournaments that kicked them, and they realised we're not actually very good anymore. Yeah, because they've they're coming from an era here where they're playing a sweeper for the majority of the nineties. Obviously, we're not allowed to talk about that. But players like Matthias Sammer in a in a back five having a free role, and and Germany had to move on. I think this is the tournament where one point um, at the Euros wasn't good enough, and I think they identified that. Whereas obviously we didn't identify that yeah, and continue doing the days. same thing. We got three points. Yeah, we got three points and we got Two knocked out. Them. You know, obviously Romania, we can't discredit them, but England should be beating this Romania team with the talent that England have. Yeah.
2: Well, let's go into it because it comes down to the final game of the group stages. England just need to get a point against Romania. Uh, Romania side that we're accustomed to as well from the World Cup. We go 1-0 down, Cheery gets a penalty. We go 2-1 up and then in the 89th minute after an equaliser, Phil Neville... Flings out a leg. I was actually down the park, um and it's the first time I've ever heard like a like a, a, mass, a swear word. Uh, no, well, I heard a cheer first, and then a big cry. But Phil just dangles a leg out, doesn't he? and <laughs>
1: well, yeah, let me just analyse this. You were in the park, and I was. doing you know were a cheer and then a big cry? A big.
2: I, I, do you know what I was doing? I was actually uh, wearing my England two thousand Goldie shirt, just taking shots from my dad. Oh, yeah. 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 And the, the trees were quite far apart, so it was actually quite good training for a nine-year-old as a goalie. That's good. Um, but I uh, just couldn't watch it. Um, but people that
1: did watch it, you too. Um, I feel that like, you know, he got a lot of stick after that, didn't he? He got a lot of... Yeah, I mean, so. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, it was... <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, classic, classic <laughs> England fan revisionist. Oh, but,
0: David Beckham got sent in 90 AR oh, Phil Neville oh, oh, caused all the problems. The,
1: Anti-united agenda. The, the, the thing about it is, is that part of me thinks, yeah, all right, it was a rash challenge or whatever, and he stuck a leg out. But we shouldn't have been in that position anyway. Correct. And you said, they we should have been battering Correct. the mania. We should have been absolutely. We shouldn't have been like trying to hang on for a- for a two-all or whatever. Like, to- oh, that's enough. We should have been three-nil up. And it should, if you give a penalty away and it goes to three-one, we still won anyway. But it was it was de- it was desperate. It was desperate stuff. And I think at that point, it was a lot of people, obviously over the years, had really questioned Kevin Keegan's technical nous and ability. But at that point, I thought." Yeah, he's not that good.
2: Well, yeah.
1: He... <laughs> Again, it's quite. They do you know what back I mean?
0: revisionist to that, like, <laughs> go into the tournament while wow, we're going to win everything, yeah, going to score loads of goals. Then you realise you've dropped the two goal lead against Portugal and the two one lead against yeah. uh, Romania. And now you're out. Exactly. And I was like, yeah, these are bring, these, these, bring these... in Fabio Capello. To, you know that obviously worked well, didn't it? So the
2: Germ- German FA redesigned their whole outlook on football, and we just knocked down Wembley and then don't build St George's Park for another ten years, do we? <laughs>
0: That's the plan, isn't it? Exactly. It worked, didn't
2: it? Uh it might do this year. Come on, England. <laughs> On to Group B now. We're going to flash through the other groups. Group B contained Italy, Turkey, Belgium, and Sweden. Belgium, like we've said, were the host nation. Uh, they finished third. They lost out on the last game of the group stages, two nil to Turkey. They only needed a point. What's really good about those games is, especially the Dutch, which we'll get onto, and and the Belgian fans as well. They like, you know, when everyone's gone in the right, everyone they've all wear well red. Yeah, the Dutch have all wear orange. You don't, you don't get that with England, I don't think. You know when they're F1 for like Max Verstappen, they're all there bouncing. Yeah, I
0: don't yeah. think we have that with England. No, It's split, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I think England fan culture is an interesting one because you, it is split very much with, in a sense of clubs that maybe down south, clubs that are up north. Yeah. Like There's a big split. England is a big place. And but a lot I, different...
2: I've never understood, like, I'm just always like proper, because like, I'm a Birmingham City fan, even when English clubs are in the Champions League, which I know you two will because you support teams that actually win games. But I'm, I'm just like pro-England teams. And, but I still think that seeps into a bit of like England fan culture like you said, doesn't it?
0: But then I also feel there's this weird vibe to it. Look, look, if you go down Old Trafford and you watch Man United play Liverpool and you hate Steven Gerrard, you can't just turn that off. Yeah, but I I find, really, I find that... Weird. Obviously, for, you, for yourself, it's different, but for me, that's how I feel.
2: Yeah, but I really want Jack Grealish to do well.
0: Yeah, but I like so. For example, Jack. I love Jack Grealish.
2: Yeah, but you don't, you don't hate Jack Grealish.
0: But then you should hate Jack Grealish.
2: Yeah, I know. I should hate. That's what I'm saying. So what? Well, come on. Well, I like Jack Grealish. <laughs> what's up with you? <laughs> no, he's a good lad. Um, let's get back to let's get back to Group B in Euro 2000. So. Can I just put a
0: name in here? Emil and Penza. Oh, one, oh, I was going to
2: say one of the that The best
0: players on Beast. Football Manager of all, one of the best players of all time. Can I he had so many 20s, pace, finishing. Yeah, just a legend back in the day. I don't think he was that great a player, but.
2: Current Inter, Milan, current Inter Milan manager, um, Antonio Conte. Antonio Conte scores a bicycle kick in the group stages. One of front. the goals
0: of the tournament, I would say, Will. I'll Ooh. put my hat on that.
2: Let's just read some names out because I think as, when you go back down the nostalgia angle, Henrik Larsen, Del Piero, Hakan Soukere. Yep. Oh.
0: Knocked out Belgium, of course. Totti. I think the interesting side with that Italian front line, you've got Del Piero, you've got Totti, oh, yeah. you've got Inzaghi, you've got Del Vecchio, you have some top quality yeah. 90s strikers.
2: And that's what I think going into these tournaments, especially Euro 2000, was it was always like you were discovering new players. Maybe not from the Italians, but Ad, I don't know about you, I know a hack and care, but after it I was looking to get it on the back of my shirt. Absolutely.
1: I mean, and it was, that's what was so great about, You know, this this tournament, you get, and and they weren't just scoring goals, it was incredible goals they were scoring. Absolutely amazing. But just to touch on Italy again, I think this is where we saw that it was the, you know, they were starting to build. For something, and ultimately, obviously, they went on to win, win the World Cup. You know, six years later, they
2: probably had a better squad here. Actually, do you think? know it,
1: it was an incredible squad, and um, obviously, they reached the latter stage, which we'll get to in just a little bit. But you know, obviously, bit disappointment for one of the host nations not to not to make it because usually, there's extra pressure, isn't there, As well, to well, be. Like.
2: You, uh, I mean, two years later in Korea, you normally do get the referees going for you, allegedly. Um, but <laughs> let's not go into that because we probably haven't got the lawyers to cover. <laughs> The libel
0: bill. I'm nothing part of that I'm full, fully behind South Korea
2: um, Group B saw Italy and Turkey go through like we've mentioned and then we go on to Group C which was Spain, Yugoslavia um, we, we had a really good um, off uh, <laughs> podcast debate about what took up Yugoslavia at the time but <laughs> we had probably... the debate
0: about Yugoslavia do you want to go into this? no not at all no um, expect, um, so, let's so Spain,
2: on. Yugoslavia, Norway, Slovenia let's go through some names Stefan Iverson of Tottenham fame yeah. I'll tell you there was, there was someone
1: on. in this tournament who you didn't realise how, how good he was who? until Savo Milosevic. Oh, right. He scored an absolute bag full of goals in this tournament. Um, and we'd seen him play for Villa for a good few years before that. And he was like, average. You, you know were what saying I mean? you it,
2: had um, a little on for Slovenia as well? Was yeah, well, they had
1: it? that um, Zahavic who ended up being, even though they didn't, you know, Slovenia didn't do great, but the no one expected him to anyway. But he had some great games and he was, I think he might have played in the German league at the time, but he was an incredible player. One of these complete, Mavericks, who could do anything like a magician on
0: the ball kind of vibe. He was unbelievable. What a
2: player. Dave, this Spain squad, it's pre pre-ticky-tacker as well, isn't
0: it? Yeah, it's a little bit more route one. We've seen some pretty long ball goals, flick-ons down. I think the, the, the winner in the Yugoslavia game... Um, from Alfonso, was very much a long ball up to a big target, man. A flick down and a, and a lovely finish. But I think this was the, the hipster's group of choice. I think Yugoslavia were involved in some really good games in this tournament. A lot of goals scored, a lot of goals conceded. And I think that's like, um you know, kind of like that nostalgic vibe in a sense. So obviously, it's no longer a country. But back in the day, Yugoslavia were very, very good. Obviously, a lot of good nations made up Yugoslavia. Uh, but I do think, look, it's, it's a different Spain. Um, very much a different Yugoslavia so it's, it was an interesting group for sure
2: well they get out Spain only get out of the group with a 94th yeah. minute and a 95th minute winner
1: that is potentially one of the one of the games of the tournament Pe- people look back on that and, and talk about that In it was so exciting end to end like you say two goals in 94th 95th minute imagine and
2: that uh, imagine watching that and you score two like I mean, that's almost Paul esque against Bolton for Birmingham. I mean, you know? That's exactly what I thought. Yeah. <laughs> um,
1: you know, the thing is, I was reading a little review about that as well the other day and they were saying that, I mean, this is unbelievable. A journalist at the time watched that game and then he got his immediate reaction in the stadium and he said, I don't think I'll ever see a better game than this ever. I mean, I think that was a bold claim for him to make at the time, but it was definitely one of the standouts. Imagine if England had done that though, to get half
2: oh. a group, two goals in stoppage time. You'd remember that even as a young stat man. You would, you would. As a stat man
0: but I think that's what England didn't have. Oh, okay. cut an edge. I'm
2: trying to, you know, live the mood. We, it was know we way, got it, knocked it, out, but this was, is Spain pre-tiki-taka. It was a weird
1: group that as well because obviously Spain Spain won the group with Dan, with those late goals against Yugoslavia, know, but they got beaten in the opening game by Norway 1-0.
2: Well, you're winning coming up against Stefan Iverson. Like, exactly. You know,
1: there's nothing you can do. Is, uh,
2: he's an absolute ram. and ram. Yeah. Let's, uh, so Spain and Yugoslavia qualified for that with that late drama. Group D, which is the final group, because we've had the expansion, which I know is probably another debate for uh, <laughs> another day. So that, all these teams went straight into the quarterfinals. So Group D contained Denmark, Czech Republic, France and Netherlands. Uh, France coming off the back of the World Cup win. They started strong with the 3-0 win against Denmark. No, Netherlands and France had all qualified by the last game, but um, we saw a Birmingham legend... Uh, play in the tournament as well Christoph Dugari Um, which you know
0: I thought you were going to say Bolo Zenden
2: he didn't play for Birmingham did he not play for Birmingham no we had Jesper Gronkjar Mario
0: Melchior definitely Zenden which which Premier League club was he at was it Middlesbrough was it Middlesbrough Yeah, Liverpool because he looked good in the tournament actually Bolo Zenden very impressive from from the left hand side was he
2: the one to watch at the time
0: I think so yeah but I think this was the tournament of Patrick Cliver. I think this is where he kind of fully shone uh, some really really good goals throughout the tournament again we'll move on to the knockout stage in a sec um, and one of the goals I've ever seen have you seen the Frank De Boer goal against France? No okay yes. alright well I, I prepared for this moment Will let's <laughs> get some live reaction no
2: I have seen it but I can't remember it because I watched a video called All Goals Euro 2000 <laughs> I, I, I found myself
0: on that but luckily I saved this for you, Will. I
2: was really disappointed because doing the research, you used to get those lovely VHSs where it would be like, you know, a lovely roundup of the group stages and tournaments. Right. On.
0: Talk me through this, right?
2: So it's uh, Frank de No, no, no. So, oh, We're rolling Prince. now. So rolling now. Bowler's ending
0: again. Just one of the one players, players of the tournament. To Love it. She's mine. Hold on. One to watch. Right, ready for this.
2: Here we go. So,
0: uh, where is
2: the final game? Oh, he's hit that.
0: Oh my God. Yeah. Oh,
2: that, oh yeah, I've seen this. Sorry, yeah.
0: So it's about 40 yards yeah. out. Free kick outside the box. Frank DeBall Fra- steps yeah. up, absolutely wellies it with his left peg outside the boot swerve. We talk a lot about that Roberto Carlos free kick. I'd argued that that even better.
2: Let's, well, no, the keeper gets hand to it though, so, so you are incorrect. Let,
1: let's have a little look at the uh, that squad, the Neverland squad. Obviously, they had the, Ooh, the home on, advantage yeah. as well. It's just, it's go so, on, they, were, they would have been one of the pre-tournament favourites. Apart from, obviously, having France in their group mm-hmm. who could have arguably been one of the favourites as well going into it after the World Cup. Um, but honestly, you look at this uh, Neverland squad from 2000. Go it's on, hit absolutely me. Absolutely ridiculous. Van der Sar, oh. Reisiger, Yapstam, oh. Frank de Boer, Bolo uh. Zenden, mm. Clarence Seedorf, Philip <sighs> koku Edgar Davids, Patrick Cliver, Dennis Bergkamp and Mark Overmars as the 1-11. That is ridiculous. It's balance. Absolutely ridiculous. You yeah. happy
0: with that? I'm happy with that And squad. then you've
1: also got people like Van Bronckhorst as well. Um, you've got Paul Bosfeld in there. You've got um, uh, Ronald De Boer, uh, Van Hoydonk, um, Aaron Winter, Roy McKay, Sander Westerveld as oh, uh, one of the backup keepers. Ed De Hoy as well. A lot of coach. quality so goal it, scorers it, in that. It, it, it seems to be that, mm. that era of all those players actually coming together you know, and that, I mean, if they're ever going to win a tournament, this was it. This was it. I, that on paper is ridiculous. How many, how many players there have achieved great things for the club, and they just had that thing. The Netherlands have never quite been able to get over the line. Yeah, and I don't know what it was. It was a psychological thing. the English it mentality. A, it, it was just. It was something. Just didn't quite click. I don't think there's actually been you know for, for them that was un- they've never had that, that generation of, of talent coming, come, come through like that oh,
0: we've had the Johan Cruyff Well, yeah, yeah but I mean yeah All they, right. they, yeah. they, they missed that. out on was it Euro or was it World Cup was it 90 they got beat by Germany yeah but I think that's where maybe the mentality came from in a sense of not doing it yeah but it's got t- 12 goals in the tournament more than another other team I think that was the, the side of it they were in a way the, the, the people's favourites yeah but home nation score lots of goals it, it was all set up for them to win this tournament
1: yeah. it, it was all every all the conditions were perfect they've it, it, got to be their best chance ever to have won something
2: but did they win the tournament we'll be back to
1: talk about the knockouts <laughs> after this short
2: break hello um, hello there what voice do you want me to do we'll do a little bit I'll just do my voice you do like. your voice yeah thanks hello I'm Joe Marlow People think I hate people, but I don't. (laughs) I actually love interaction with people. I love finding out what jobs they do and whether I could do what they do. The Joe Marler Show. Joe Marler Show with new episodes every Wednesday.
0: Describe Maynooth University in three words. You're in control. Young, bold, progressive. Skills for life. Gives you choice. Feel so happy.
1: Choose the university that
0: puts you first. Best decision ever. Virtual Open Days, November 26th and 27th. Visit openday.mynoothuniversity.ie Maynooth University. No, no bounds. When you bet fair on football, you get daily rewards. So any day can be a big deal. So whether it's a lower league match day, a top flight derby day, or a Champions League superstar showdown day. This week we're doubling our daily rewards. Get a €10 Euro free bet when you bet €20 Euro worth of multiples or bet builders. Double daily rewards because we're bet fair.
1: Max €10 Euros free bet per day. Each bet must have at least one selection a minimum odds of minimum mods of 1.5 or 1 to 2 or more. Free bet valid 24 hours on multiples or bet builders. t and C's apply. 18 plus. visit gamblingcare.ie.
2: Welcome back to 21st century football, where we are talking about Euro 2000s, and we've entered the dreaded knockout stages. England are already gone, and for the second time in tournament football, the golden goal system was applied. <laughs> by the first team to, what are you laughing at?
0: I love the concept of golden goal. It's brilliant.
2: Were you being sarcastic?
0: No, I actually quite like. It. I think it's, I think it's well, it's drama, isn't it? Like it's, it's more drama than going penalty, going to a penalty shoot or, or allowing it to play for the 120 minutes.
1: Well yeah. I, I don't. It's want just to,
2: ecstatic. Um, I don't want to put my member on the table but I was actually speaking to Thierry Henry recently. Uh, oh yeah. Thierry. Uh, was he? Uh yeah good he's all right yeah he says. It. But obviously the France were so beneficial of the golden goal rule. I think two mm, in the World Cup. Yeah. They had one here as well. No sorry, one in the World Cup, two here. But we were saying a modern cuz the best thing about it is if you score you just walk off and you've won. Yeah,
1: that's what I found that weird though in about it cuz you know when you Good you, weird you, or bad no, weird? But, uh, like bad weird because oh, I right. feel like you set yourself up for like alright oh, we've got extra time here potentially penalties and you know and as it, for managers and players you go right we can get back in this we can reset after the ninety and and it's like if it goes in in the first two it's like oh that's it then is it alright okay well it was, it was actually
0: it was taken out because teams were too defensive so they got to a point where because it, it had such importance on that one goal that teams you would just not attack yeah, in yeah. extra time they just so wait for pens, for pens. so it's kind of like I think that's why they, they took it out but I like the rule it was exciting it's more exciting than than just the the 30 minutes extra yeah. time because yeah. people who play for penalties leggy, then. Yeah, 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 you know yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know you're not knocking down so you again, like they play for penalties anyway so why not have this golden goal That's a great name what was the silver goal rule
2: well, didn't you play both halves but if you were winning by the, half end of time. the second yeah
0: yeah if
1: you if you're one up at, if you if you're winning by half time then it get it stops at half time i think yeah. it was yeah um, and this is what i mean sometimes you think you've overthought that there yeah,
2: yeah just <laughs> I'd I'd be happy with golden goal and a little bit of VAR
1: imagine VAR oh, golden God, it's alright oh, yeah, so if, if
2: you're not playing like you know, like the Leicester Chelsea game because you can just enjoy the sheer drama and entertainment but if England were victims what do it, you
1: make of it Will golden goal I love it How I do you do. Love
2: it? I think it's a bit sort of like uh, I love it I do um, it's a bit Americanized isn't it like the you know like kicking a field goal in the last minute and you just walk off and you've won the game And
0: so I was going to throw it more down like Parks football like you're playing like yeah, Wembley doubles, goal. you know what I mean? Gold and gold yeah, there. Next like, goal wins more kind like, of thing. Yeah. They
2: should do. All, well, I think they should do something different. You know, not like take a player off every minute. Or <laughs> <laughs> <I think> extra <laughs>
0: just time, redesign like the, the survival We're cup not of FIFA play 5v5 <laughs> yeah. on an eleven v eleven pitch.
2: <laughs> Headers or volleys. And, uh, just thirty minutes of extra time. I just find that like, really like stagnant and boring at the end of a match.
0: Yeah, no, I agree. Sometimes it isn't great
2: because everyone just, you just no one wants to be. I them.
1: reckon it'd be like only long shots. You got yeah. a score from outside the box. Yeah,
2: or just do <laughs> for a long time. This, this is the
0: type of reasons why they got rid of the golden goal, long shots only. Jesus, he went to silver goal before, Adam, you, you, stop it, it, right? before yeah, you know I'll it, Before you know it, I want to I'll fall out with you. Long right shots right only.
2: Golden. Yeah. Um, exactly. The quarterfinal saw Turkey versus Portugal. They won two 0 Nuno Gomes.
0: Nuno no, Gomez, goal, goal, goal.
2: Um, Italy versus Romania. So England would have faced Italy. So, I mean, we probably just saved ourselves a little bit of heartache there, didn't we?
0: Mm, I'd say so. I'd say so. I think the interesting side is that poacher, Inzaghi, Gomez, oh, yeah. grabbing the goals in, in really key moments and then move on to the Netherlands.
2: Well, speaking of poachers, there was one in prime action and prime form. Dave, you pointed him out earlier. Patrick Cliver in a 6-1 win. He gets a hat-trick.
0: Over Yugoslavia, one of the the you know the hipsters' teams of choice. This would have been the game back in the day. Did you um, have a
2: Yugoslavia shirt?
0: I would have done. I think I would have done. Maybe a Clivert shirt as well. I think I liked Clivert as a kid growing up. I think he was one of my favourite players with oh. the likes of Gabriel Batistuta and Olegan Asolcia. Nice. Um, but Klivert, the you know, go back and watch his hat trick. Lovely hat trick. Really clean finisher. Um, and you'd say this was probably his prime. This was when it was Patrick Clive. It was probably one of, regarded as one of the best strikers in world football. Um, but just to pair him with the rest of that Netherlands team, as we sort of pre-mentioned, the relationship they had with Dennis Bergkamp was very, very good. They were a good front two. Uh, and again, we're sort of talking about Tens. See, Dennis is a little bit of that, isn't he? Dropping off the line playing, but very much the focal point of the entirety of their team was Patrick Clive. And I think we've got to remember him as... A very good player because for some reason he always seems to miss people's discussions when we talk about good centre forwards. Yeah, that's
1: true. Yeah, I think because he, I think
0: top scorer with five goals in the tournament, just to wrap that stats up. And I think because he kind of he declined fairly
1: quickly as well. He did, yeah. He He, he
0: had he had a a really high peak, but I think we forget that that's what what football was in a sense, wasn't it? Like players wouldn't stay at the top for four or five years, and obviously with the way that medical science has evolved maybe that's why we're seeing you know Messi for a long time Ronaldo for a long time maybe we'll see Harlan and Mbappe for a long time but very Harry much Kane. it was Harry Kane for a long time he's English he's, he's English yeah, but I you know, know what you I mean like yeah, yeah. Shearer as well obviously Shearer was one of those players that, that was at this tournament that consistently scored goals and he was there for a, for a you know, period but did have seasons out with, with knee injuries and so Michael
2: forth Michael Owen He'd have benefited from a bit of modern science. If he'd have yeah. been in a cryo chamber from 18, could have been. Yeah, he'd have still been playing now. Yeah,
1: that's just my thoughts. Could on have it. been, mate.
2: M- Milosevic popping up again. I,
1: get, I think did he? Was he joint top scorer? Yeah, with, with five goals. Yeah, with Claver, which yeah. is a great return for him uh, in, in you know playing the Yugoslavia team. Unbelievable. I think,
2: I think you can put a case, obviously, for that game being the the game of the round by the sheer number of goals. But to have Spain versus France. Two European giants pitted against each other. France took the lead, 1-0. Zinedine Zidane with an absolute peach of a free kick. Mendieta gets a penalty. Yuri Jorkayev scores a goal pre-Bolton uh, before Big Sam got into him. But the thing that Wikipedia won't tell you unless you click the report button was Raul <laughs> had a penalty for Spain in, I think, 89th minute. Mendieta's
0: got to be fuming now, hasn't he?
2: Well, Mendieta scored one, you're
1: right, Dave. you got
0: to remember Mendieta as well at that time. I think he was the most expensive... Yeah, a transfer, yeah, put, yeah from
1: Lazio so to going Valencia. to Lazio. Yes, I think, yeah,
0: but yeah, which is,
1: you know, you've got to be fuming, haven't you? So what, what's happened there? Then he's just been told to step aside, or he, was he off, was he off? Maybe.
2: Let's stay for the narrative. He's been told to step aside. Raúl's gone up, confident, and uh, to take it to Would it, been taking it to golden goal, and he blazes oh, golden goal, death over, strike. and uh, France progress, which gives us a semi-final four of. France, they're taking on Portugal. And Italy, Netherlands. We'll get the Italy-Netherlands game out of the way because it's nil-nil. Um, goes all the way through extra time, through golden goal, goes to penalties. And watching it, Yap Stam steps up to take the second penalty. Now, there's a lot of discussion about putting your striker first or fifth, you know,
0: but Frank De Boer was their penalty taker, and yeah. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, that's, there was that's a, fine. And he
2: was number yeah. one, day. But, there was a, but again,
0: his penalty was poor. Yeah. From I think he scored a penalty, was it against...
2: France, was it, in the group stages? You,
0: no, that no, no. It was a 1-0 win over Czech Republic. A really good penalty. You know, drilled it, bottom corner, lovely stuff. But then to hit it straight down the throat, is it one of these things where they... Do they they generally bottled it here. Well, at least
2: the ball hit the target because Stam absolutely <laughs> thunderbastards the ball.
1: I, I think... I remember that.
2: And it was it was an arena as well and I think it's nearly hit the top of the roof. Um, <laughs> italy obviously called cool, calm under pressure. They get there. And then the other semi-final, absolute drama in that one. Portugal go 1-0 up. Um, what I should say, sorry, about the italy Netherlands game, that's the host nations out as well. Mm, one of gone. the pre-tournament favourites.
1: A lot of pressure on them there as well when they get into that penalty shootout. You can imagine... Expectation yeah. weighing on the shoulders. What's you know, the
2: um? What's the highest state penalty that you've ever taken?
1: Probably interform football. Oh, uh wow. maybe would have been year nine, possibly. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I'm gonna say I scored mine. Did you? Yeah. Cool Carmen collected. Hard low bottom corner. Can't go wrong. Lovely. And they're on them small nets as well, obviously. Five, um, fives or sevens? Fives. Ooh. Um. So you, you you do well to actually get in the team. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Because he's you know you you one of say. You're the elite of the Yeah, exactly, because he's like, you know, like the provisional squads so 11, maybe. There's <laughs> 11, 12 in the provisional squad. Uh, so yeah, to make it on, on the team itself is, is pretty good form. That yeah. I scored mine, we missed two and yeah. we lost the penalty shootout, unfortunately. Oh, sorry.
0: I think the thing with penalties, I find it really interesting from a psychological perspective of you can train this thing over and over and over again and get a set rhythm and technique, but it appears that some players wouldn't have done that. So for example, Yap Stam. Would you see Yapstam on the training ground practicing nah. penalties over and over again? Yet yeah, he's second choice in this thing, where you'd know that the Italians would have practiced penalties many times before. And as we've seen with with Italy with Germany over the years, they just seem to have a knack at the, yeah. in these moments that they rely on maybe their technique or they rely on their that their, their character in a sense. They kind of calm. Yeah. Whereas you know Netherlands. Well, the thing is, as well, it. is that even even players that do practice penalties
1: sometimes it comes to it in the bottle. It. Do you know? I mean, they think, oh, don't fancy this. You know, the, the, you have managers going around going, "I need five names, I need five But I'd
0: argue that his rhythm is doing it over and over again. It's repetition. It's yeah. it's like a Johnny Wilkinson, yeah, England rugby, Australia, same technique over and over again. All the best penalty takers have have a technique they do over and over again. Harry yeah. okay. Kane, same technique. Shearer, Latissier, Bruno Fernandez in recent memory. Seb Larson, Cristiano I mean, Ronaldo. Have you,
1: have you ever bottled it on a penalty? Will? Have you ever? I I once stepped aside because I didn't feel confident. <laughs> It was in a, a charity football game for a radio station and playing against the listeners and it went to a shootout. I think it was like scripted a bit though. You know what I mean? It was like I think we were actually winning three two yeah. and then it was like, Oh, should we just stand on a shootout? And I'm like, No, we've won. Yeah. <laughs> and the next thing you know, we're stepping up to a shootout and when it takes off. And like, had Adam shot a penalty. I was like, No, nah, I don't feel it, I'm not feeling it.
2: I was in, we used to, it's uh, it a bit of a shit spot. And there's nothing
1: at stake in this game, by the way. I just well, didn't it. You yeah, you're playing for pride.
2: I just remember we used to have, uh, we, do you have middle schools up here? Middle school? It sounds quite posh that well. No, what? it's not posh. It's just, it's just <laughs> the way the system it? works well, down there. Is, is what, the council. <laughs> <laughs> Um A bit more money on <laughs> <in> education. <laughs> middle school. Because all our friendship group went to the same high school, but then it was split into two middle schools. So we used to have our middle school game versus each other when we were older. Uh. So um, I actually had a penalty for that, which I think I missed. But I just remember being so nervous for that, but for a game that didn't really matter. Yeah. But then you throw yourself into...
1: So you imagine how bloody Stam's feeling. Yeah, exactly.
2: Shall we move on to France versus Portugal? Portugal take the lead, Nuno Gomez. Who's Thierry- had a great
1: tournament, by the way.
2: Yeah, it really seems to pop up all the time here. Yeah. Thierry Henry gets a goal. Um, and then it goes to extra time. Golden goal. The French love a golden goal. It's a handball on the line by um, Abel Xavier. Is that a correct yep. pronunciation? Abel and, Xavier. And he, Xavier. Xavier. And he's absolutely supermaned it off the line. And they go, which I know you would go wild.
1: Oh No, he went absolutely wild. But
2: he was just so in denial. Yeah. And I, I get that to a point, but even the penalty goes in and, spe- and France walk off and they're going straight to the linesman. Yeah. Oh, and Xavier. He, sl- he slapped it.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but do you remember the fallout afterwards? B- no, no. So Xavier ended up getting a ban. Did he? What for? PlayStation. Pro- pro- w- yeah. I mean, he was already he was like quite an iconic figure in that tournament anyway. He became a bit of a cult icon of the tournament which hair, did Yeah, he had the, the mad like bleached blonde hair. And then he went off at the referee so bad after that. I mean, it was clearly obvious what he did. So I was thinking when you watch it you think I don't know what you like you just watch it back, mate. Yeah. Like you say it. but he went so he got a 9 month ban. Nine months? Yeah, and then it got reduced to six. Let's but out. yeah, he got a six-month ban just for his, <laughs> his conduct against the referee. He was, I mean, he, was pretty, he did take it a bit too far, to be fair to him. But this is before... I think he signed for... Yeah, I don't know if he played for Everton at the time or he signed for Everton just afterwards. But yeah, he was he went absolutely wild. Worth watching back, by the way, because it is pretty funny.
2: Which is, you know, we've all given away a handball, but, you know, just just accept your fate, Dave. <laughs>
1: Absolutely not. Berate the officials. You're a bit of a shit outside. Absolutely. I mean, also, you'd want to, like, spare your blushes, wouldn't you? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I'd done that in interform, yeah. I'd, be, I'd be protesting to the PE teacher.
2: Yeah, but you could get away with it because there's not, like, 45 cameras there picking up your actions. <laughs> That's
1: true, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's on the world stage. Yeah, he got yeah. a nine-month bad I'd have just got detention. Yeah.
2: Then we move on to the final, which is France versus Italy. Um, where were we all watching this one can we remember Ad, I don't want to be uh, don't want to throw you under the bus but you were a little bit older were you still I was, I was at home mate yeah I was, yeah, all, I was only home? 13
1: I was out having a couple of beers wasn't we mate you know um, you know. I, I imagine you were probably training in the park again with, with I, sure, yeah, I, I had
2: the Nigel Martin 13 jersey <laughs> on
1: I thought <laughs> you were in the park when the games were on oh, I, um, no, I just watched it at home mate and I remember I, again at this point I, I kind of I couldn't call it I, I did fancy France especially after that Portugal game I remember thinking they had that extra little something where you just felt they could dig a little bit deeper when it came to it. But yeah, I mean, great, great, great final, I think that.
2: So Italy go one up, Del Vecchio, which is an absolute name that just runs through me and gives me that nostalgia, Dave. <laughs> Del Vecchio. Um, and then it comes down to the 93rd minute. I don't want to drop the old name again, but speaking to Thierry Henry recently about it. <laughs> I was <in. laughs> he? fine, yeah, he um, He actually <laughs> said, because, you know, we we were given all the superlatives about Toldo, he said Todd pops up in the 93rd minute and if you watch the goal, there's no right for him to score because all Tardo has to do is literally just stand up, hits him, either blocks it with his feet. But for some reason, bit of magic in the air, Wiltord's shot goes underneath him and in the 93rd minute, they equalised to take it to extra time and golden goal
1: Wiltor, he had a habit of doing that Will Tord. he was just a Old Trafford yeah he's just one of them players who could just pop up and get and, and get you a goal just out of nothing he, he was I think he was a little bit underrated in, in some ways Will Tord. he was a great player to bring off the bench wasn't he as well and just good pace direct Like, had a great eye for goal a composure yeah just, just a, a good solid all round player and you know, he's pretty decent for Arsenal, to be fair. So yeah, <laughs> that takes it straight, you know, 93rd minute. I mean, at that point, you think to yourself, Italy, do it, how close were Italy to winning that tournament Not, when you think yeah, about it?
2: 93 it must be absolute heart and mouth. seconds.
1: Oh. Seconds away from winning it.
2: And then we go to the golden goal where David Trezeguet immortalises his name in French history. With a finish, you can replicate volleys with a bit of luck. You can replicate long shots. To the, but the technique on this, the balls behind him, and the power he generates to get it into the top corner, Dave, is, it's is, something, is something that you'd be very proud of.
0: You would be pretty proud of that, but I think the, the, the game was was an interesting one in terms of nullifying Zinedine Zidane. Player of the tournament, in my opinion, You know, had a great uh, Euro 2000, but at that point, obviously, he'd played for Juve for a long time. A lot of those players in that Italy team, in that squad, the likes of Conte, You know, they know what Zinedine Zidane's about. Um, And it's one of the finals where they kind of nullified him in a sense and you know one of the first real good defensive jobs on Zinedine Zidane which could have built up what people do in the future with him is is dealing with him like Italy did and I think that's a a part of the Italian culture and nature in football that they do nullify threats they are a defensively minded side overall they had the wonderful goal scorers at this tournament as we pre-mentioned but it was a defensive team that got to the final because of their defence not their attack and obviously it came down to the squad the will towards the the Trezegues they hadn't started obviously Omri um, Zidane and Jorke were the main kind of attackers in in, in mid, attacking midfielders in a sense and I think that's a line where you look at France and you look at the depth and that's probably the reason why they won this the depth in their squad was probably the best at the tournament and
2: that's what it comes down to as well because I mean let's throw it back to the group stages I mean they're bringing on Will Tord and Trezeguet and we're bringing on Dennis Wise.
1: Wiseard he speaks volumes mate I couldn't put it better myself but you look at um it's a brute watch a brutal way to lose a tournament as well just that walk off football, Yeah, isn't it? i just think something about the walk off is even more devastating than like if you go to the full you know play the full 120 minutes and you think all right we well, were chasing the game till the very last minute and we we, know, we, we you're almost still in it aren't you until the very end even mm-hmm. if you know if, if you one goal down and it's you know you playing to the very end of extra time but to go bang there you go we are done I just think it's absolutely brutal. I, I mean, it's great if you you know as a, as a neutral watching it because like it's, mm. like Dave said, it's it makes it super exciting. And it was a great, it, it was a brilliant way to end a tournament. Can you imagine if we'd have lost if we'd have lost that tournament in that manner?
0: Just talking to the last little stats on, on that, that depth. Um, you're looking at Sylvain Wiltord played three hours at the tournament, uh, two goals and an assist, a goal involvement every 60 minutes. Again, off the bench, same as uh, David Trezeguet didn't start a single game in the knockout uh, stages. But they made the most of, obviously, his cameo appearance in the final. You know, get being involved in that first goal. Yeah. And then scoring the second.
2: It's what we call in the business the Ed Air mentality, uh, where you come off...
0: The and, Ed Air mentality. Yeah. That's, it, uh, even though Sylvain Wilthold and Trezeguet did it before Adair, but Adair's the guy.
2: Yeah, but I think Adair, you go, he's played for Swansea and he's just won the Euros for Portugal, which, <laughs> which we will come on to. Uh, Gents, Euro 2000... Add, I, I'm really not trying to bring up that you were older at the time but where <laughs> yeah, yeah. sorry but where do you rank this in terms of your favourite Euros
1: uh, take England out of it yeah that's the only problem yeah, you've no got, actually you, leave England right well you know if England would have got further it would have been right up there for me in yeah. terms of enjoying the games though I think there was some absolutely brilliant football played some fantastic games Just it was just England sort of bowed out with a whimper didn't they that's the only problem I'm going to say it's up there though in terms of like sheer entertainment um, I, I enjoyed the tournament. I loved it. Just really, really wishing they would at least just get out of the group stages to make it a little bit better.
2: Love that. Um, who was your player of the tournament, Dave?
0: Yeah, it was Zinedine Zidane. Yeah. As much as they, they dealt with him in the final, looking at the the stats for him, um, most passes in the final fur completed, most dribbles completed, carried the ball nearly a kilometre Wow! at his feet. So, progressive distance, insane. I think that's why Italy had to have a plan for him in the final that he'd gone through the rest of the tournament, scored some massive clutch goals. You talk about the free kick against Spain. Big, big goal there. The golden goal in the semi-final, the penalty takes a lot to step up from the spot and have that composure. So you've definitely got to give it to Zinedine Zidane. I think shout-outs to to Patrick Cliver as well. We've given him a lot of praise. Uh, Nuno Gomez. I think it was the kind of number 10 poach. I kind of agree with that number 10 poachers was a big part of it. Rui Costa, obviously, for Portugal uh, stood up. And it could have been David Beckham's tournament. It really could have been. Three assists in three games. Yeah, I mean, but that, England that first let game him
1: down. He started he, he, the first two goals that England scored. Bang, straight. Great in. balls from David Beckham. So yeah. just,
0: yeah, just to reiterate, they England let David Beckham down <laughs> in that tournament. I want to say, play with the tournament
1: for me. Um, obviously, Zidane would, would be right up there, but I'm going to say Patrick Liver, just because I think it's the time where, as Dave said before, we saw him. All this he'd been sp- spoken about since, you know, he's. He scored that goal in uh, the European Cup when he was like 17, 18 or something, didn't he? 95. Yeah, and it was Champions like, League, yeah, and, win, and,
0: and, Ajax.
1: And you, you felt Louis like Van Gaal. for all those years, it was like, right, Cliver, he's going to... And he was always scoring goals, but you felt like he'd properly done it on the international stage at this point and, and for him to get the golden boot home home tournament, all right, he shared it with the Aston Villa legend, Savo Milosevic, but uh, it was also great in that tournament. I'm going to say Clive for me. What, what do you reckon, Will?
2: Uh, I'm going go to go um, and Dave's already... More articulately laid out why he was the player of the tournament. But what are we saying for match of the tournament? I'm thinking it's a toss up between that Spain and France quarter final or the France and Portugal semi final. Just for the sheer. Well,
0: well, well. Hold on, you're you're ignoring the the four three classic between Spain, Spain and Yugoslavia and, no, I think that's joking no, aside. say yeah, that, 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 I'm that, that game or the Netherlands six one. I think yeah, Yugoslavia but, have got to be there. They've got. To, it's either one. Will, you can pick I'll give the Spain the f- game I'll or the Netherlands I'll game. I'll give
2: you the 4-3 because, like we said, if we put ourselves in some Spanish shoes and England scored two goals in stoppage time to see us win a game and qualify out the group stages,
1: the amount of beer that would be spilled,
2: guys. <laughs> <in the right. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> Not in my pint, glass.
1: No, do. I reckon that 4-3, definitely.
2: Yeah? Yeah. That is scenes. That's unprecedented scenes. Right, gents. Right, gents. And
1: finally, we look at iconic moment as well. Ad, where are we going? Well, I'm, you know, I don't want to go to the obvious David Trezeguet's. You know, doing golden—the obvious one. I'm going to say Abel Xavier, kind of
2: slapping it off the th- line. Th-
1: th- yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a pivotal moment in itself in the in, in the sense that France go on to ultimately win that game, and go and win the tournament. But yeah. to see Abel Xavier, who, as I said before, became such a standout figure for, for that, port it was a great Portugal team, by the way, and for him to, he just went off. I wonder wild. if his
2: mind tricked him that he didn't actually handball it so for like that half an hour he generally thought he was in the right. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> for him to protest that much and, and, and to, to get himself a, a, a nine month ban, he must, have, he must have really believed that he'd done nothing wrong but it's just those moments like that I think that you've got to look back on with a little bit of fondness in a way and it's just a complete Craziness of football.
0: I think it's just the Sylvan Wiltord goal. I think that's the only thing that actually sticks in my mind from the entire tournament. Being a young lad, knocking around the streets of Manchester back in the day. But still, just remember that Sylvan Wiltord goal. So, so big as well. Massive moment in a final. What, what more more could you want?
1: Right. Can we just give a quick shout out to Yapstam as well? Yeah, Yapstam. And he penalty. Because I remember that for a while, um, a lot of my mates, are United fans, there was a lot of banter around that. Uh, if afterwards, if about then. The, the ball's not landed, yeah. I've got it in my back garden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> got, it was all, it was all that, that came for it. There was, was all those little little jokes being made at the time.
2: Hot words, hot takes. <laughs> this has been 21st Century Football. Next, we're looking at Euro 2004, so make sure you stick around for that. We've got lots to chat about. We're getting all nostalgic as we build up for the Euro. Statman Dave, have you
0: enjoyed yourself? I have. I, I saw a lot of goals that I've never seen before. That Frank DeBoer goal, pff, what a goal.
1: Love it and have you enjoyed yourself I loved it and also I like the fact you've uh, managed to hammer home just how old I am so Sorry, I appreciate mate, that yeah. Will
2: and and uh, such is age and time it's only going to get worse as yeah. we go deeper into the are we are we going to have to get yeah, I A- was about 40 in your, in your <laughs> 2004 <laughs> right we'll see you next time for Euro 2004 see you bye.
0: It sounds right, boy. Crowd Network, a place where you belong. This season, LiveScore is the only place where you can watch every single UEFA Champions League game for free that means more goals more unforgettable drama more end to end action and whether you're watching on your phone or tablet or casting to your TV the free LiveScore app gives you even more ways to watch LiveScore the new home of the UEFA Champions League it's more than a score download now on the App Store or Google Play
1: Sports Social Podcast Network